The first reading on page 2 of your bulletins from Exodus, chapter 14, beginning at verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel. For the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord, and in his servant Moses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 118, please stand, and we will say the psalm responsively at the asterisk. The Lord is my strength and my song, and has become my salvation. The voice of joy and deliverance is in the dwellings of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord brings mighty things to pass. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. 
The right hand of the Lord brings mighty things to pass. I shall not die, but live. And declare the works of the Lord. The same stone which the builders refused has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Please be seated for the second reading. A reading from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ, with Christ, in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the gospel hymn found on the first purple sheet. This is a, a new one, but I think that we're going to really come to enjoy it. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there you will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We started this week walking with Christ and his disciples from Bethany into Jerusalem. We joined with the crowd and strewing his way with palm branches and singing hosannas and proclaiming the day of the Lord. We walked with Jesus into the temple as he cleansed it and as he stood in the temple grounds and disputed with the religious rulers of the day. We walked with him and his disciples into the holy city on Thursday for his establishment of the Last Supper and heard the words of institution as he declared his body and blood to be bread and wine. We were there as he washed the disciples' feet and we walked with them as they left that holy city Thursday night and went down the Kidron Valley and back up into the Garden of Gethsemane. We were there praying in holy vigil as a community with Jesus and the disciples as Jesus offered the great priestly prayer. In that great priestly prayer, he offered himself as the true Paschal Lamb. That the sins of the whole world would be laid upon him so that he would be the offering and sacrifice for our sins. And not for our sins, but the sins of the whole world, outside of time and space. And as the sins of the whole world from Adam to today and to the last day were pressed upon him like that olive press, we were with him as his sweat was as blood. We were there as Judas betrayed him. We stood near as St. Peter betrayed him. We were there as he was tried by the ruling authorities of the day. And we stood with the crowd and cried out, crucify him. We watched as St. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took down his body and wrapped it in a shroud and covered him with the aloes and myrrh. And we sat with the myrrh-bearing women as they watched from a distance as he was placed into the tomb. And again we kept vigil throughout the Sabbath as we rested while Christ did his final work. He took all of that sin all of our disease into hell. And that's where he left it. He broke the gates of death and he took up the holy ones into everlasting life, leaving sin and slavery behind. And now we stand with the myrrh bearing women as they wake up early in the morning as Abraham got up early, as Jacob got up early, as our Lord got up early to pray, to meet him at the tomb. And we are there to hear the words of the angel that he has risen from the dead. Before this, before this pivotal moment in human history, 
the most important point in the history of the whole world, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The most important event in human history was the Exodus. When the nation of Israel was led out of slavery, and they were brought into the promised hand by the strength of the right hand of God. This is an event that shaped human history from that point until today. And what we read is that when the Israelites were freed from slavery and they saw danger, they asked to be put back into slavery. They were willing to trade freedom for safety. And they're not the only ones. People throughout human history have made that very choice. I'm willing to give up my freedom to be made safe. And they begged to be put back in slavery to have a few more days to eat the food of Egypt and slavery to sin and death. But once they saw the strength of God and they saw His power and His might, they rejoiced. And they took the fear that they had had of Pharaoh and of Egypt and of death and they put that fear into God. The fear of God does not bind us. It doesn't free us. It, it doesn't bind us. It frees us into freedom. The fear of God energizes us and gives us a focus to follow His will in righteousness. That's the extent of human uh, Christian mysticism. Christian mysticism is summed up in these few words of St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. He says, if... If you have been raised with Christ, then seek the things above where Christ is. That's it. That's the Christian spiritual life. If you've been raised with Christ, seek Christ and His mind. The lie of the world is that we can multitask. The lie of the world is you can focus on this thing and this thing and this thing and we can have seven different things going at once and we can be scattering our minds and scattering our energies and scattering our focus across a half a dozen things and listening to all kinds of voices of this world. And St. Paul says we cannot focus upon the world, the things on earth, but we have to set our minds on Christ. That takes work. It takes practice. It takes discipline and diligence. And above all, it takes us answering the question, why? Why were those women there that morning? First of all, who would choose them? If you and I were going to choose someone to be an apostle to the apostles, we would have chosen a governor, a centurion, we would have chosen a rich man, 
we would have switched the places, wouldn't we? We would have had the women do the burial, and we would have had Joseph and Nicodemus be the witnesses. Why were they there, risking their lives, risking their own safety, risking the safety of their families? Because of their love of Jesus. They were there for the same reason that Jesus was. Because he first loved us. He loved us enough to become man. He loved us enough to take our sin, even though he knew no sin. He loved us enough to be crucified, to break the gates of death and hell. And he loves us enough today to raise us up with him into everlasting life. And if we too are going to be apostles to the apostles, if we too are going to participate in the mind and the life of Christ and his church, then we too must wake up early with them out of love. Out of our love for God and our love for our neighbor. There is no love without sacrifice. There is no love without risk. There is no love without laying down all that we have because of all that he has given us. Maybe, may we be one with our heroes, these great heroines of the church, the myrrh-bearing women, and may we wake early because of our love. Amen.